Welcome to the Found Her Podcast. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Shannon. And we are the filmmaker, photographer, and co-founders of Found Her Productions. Together, we capture the essence of women so they can communicate their truth with confidence and ease. Through working with our clients, we've learned that each of their stories are so unique and to our surprise, mostly non-linear. We believe these stories deserve to be heard to inspire women along their own journey to finding themselves and creating the life that they truly desire. This podcast is where badass, trailblazing boss ladies will expose the ups, the downs, and everything else involved in creating their own path in work and in life. So sit back, get comfy, and get ready to be inspired. And welcome back to the Found Her Podcast. I am Kelsey. And I'm Shannon. Hi, Shannon. Uh, we are the co-founders of Found Her Productions and your hosts of this podcast. And today we have a very, well, we always say they're a very special guest, which is true. But today we have a very, very special guest. Um, this woman is our 10th guest of this podcast. Um, and we, we saved this 10th episode specifically for her, which we will tell you why in a moment. Um, I'd like to welcome Catherine Farkason to the show. Catherine is a mindset coach. Um, she is a client of ours and we are and have been clients of hers as well. And the reason why we saved the 10th episode for Catherine specifically is because you, if you're a listener of this podcast, you may have noticed that many times the topic of mindset coaching and perhaps even Catherine's name comes up on the pod- podcast. Um, it is a topic that we love to chat about with our clients. Many of our clients are also clients of Catherine's. So without further ado, welcome Catherine. Hello. Hello. Wel- uh, welcome. Hey. <laughs> yeah. You're used to being well, the host. <laughs> oh, it's so, so great to be here. Yes, it's so great to have you. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been looking forward to this episode personally. Um, why don't you um, give the listeners a little bit of an intro about who you are and what you do? I would be so happy to. So my name is Catherine Farkason, and I'm so happy with how you pronounce my name, Kelsey. <laughs> <laughs> it's not easy. <laughs> um, and I have a coaching business, and I help. I really I help women override their um, bad habits and limiting thinking um, so they really can surprise even themselves with what they're capable of. So I call it mindset coaching because it's all about what happens inside. Um, and then we work together to achieve real results on the outside and have fun along the way. Oh my gosh, sure so do. much fun. <laughs> Some of it's uncomfortable fun. But yeah. <laughs> By the way, I'm not sure how you sum that up so uh, concisely because there's so many layers to it, which I'm excited there to see There are, there are. Yeah. Yeah, we'd like to start off the conversation um, by hearing about a win of yours. This segment we call the brag spotlight. And essentially, we invite our clients to do this in order to normalize women succeeding and hitting goals and celebrating themselves for all of their amazingness and not being shy about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what would you say your current win is that comes to mind? 
Well, I want to say that I'm very, very happy that you do this because I think that the tendency for women to not celebrate themselves is so strong. And I think that we think that things become harder feeling because we don't talk about what we do and we don't celebrate each other's real wins. And, uh, and it does us all a disservice. So for that reason, Agreed. I'm going to tell you something that I haven't told anybody. Ooh, I'm on the edge of my seat. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. And I'm doing this for all of us to tell you that I just crossed a million dollars in my business. Oh my goodness. Yes. Wow. For someone who doesn't have like a concept of what this could mean, like what does that mean? Like what does that look like when you cross a million dollars in your business? From when you started to now or like annually or? Oh, uh, in 2021, this year. Oh yeah. yeah. Wow. Congratulations. Yeah. Congratulations. Awesome. Thank you. So happy to hear that. Thank I you. Wish I had some like sound effects. But this is what we do, right? My first thought was, <laughs> oh, I'll tell them about my cold plunge pool that I just got. And we <laughs> choose something that's delightful, which we love. <laughs> but because of <laughs> the intention of this audience and what you're up to and the work that you guys do, I think it's important to share it. So I'm telling you. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. So many reasons why it's important to share it. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the one that comes to mind is um, you just being open about like your income and yeah. like, the numbers. I feel like yeah. that's something that we cover up or, or hold close to us for some reason, um, mm-hmm. whether we're ashamed of it or we don't want to be too boastful. Um, exactly. Yeah, why do of... you think, why do you think we do this, Catherine? Something tells yeah. me we might have something <laughs> to say on this topic. <laughs> some insight on this. <laughs> well, I think that we're, trained to play small and keep ourselves small so even there's so there's such a pull to not want to be the tall poppy um to fit in to uh we it's funny because we want all these great things but then we don't want people to know that we have them (laughs) so i mean listen i just said this to you and i haven't told anyone other than like my mastermind and my husband literally nobody mm, and so I'm wow. falling play to the exact oh same gosh. thing and mm-hmm. um and I truly believe it's so important for everyone to celebrate all of their wins whatever the the size is so that we just normalize the celebrating so yes um I think that we try to we try to raise the bar at the same time as we are lowering the bar it's a weird mm, yes. dance yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. And I'm I, we had this this came up on the call last week too. We actually spent a lot of time talking about this on the call last week that a lot of us are closet winners. We only text you or tell you. Oh yeah, and our client call. Don't share it. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. and we don't um yeah, I'm uh, and um we often keep them private from the rest of the group. Um, and I'm guilty of this myself. And yeah. I'm, I'm going to make, you know, I'm inviting people to share their wins on something that can, is posted publicly. So um, I'm, I'm going to make more of a more, a more committed effort to be sharing what my wins are in the group moving forward. Um, because it has the same effect as what we're doing here on the podcast, I think. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it is... Um... We, it's a practice in feeling proud of yourself and also a practice in um, in letting yourself receive the celebration. Yes. Like it, the, whatever it is in our lives that we love are so much more fun when we get to share it with other people. 
Yes, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. I've thought about that a couple of times where it's like getting to the top seems really, really appealing. But then when I like kind of sit down and think about it, I, I'm definitely somebody that has limiting beliefs about if I go there, I'm going there alone. Mm-hmm. Like, and I'm just going to be by myself there mm-hmm. <laughs> to that place. Oh, and that's terrifying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, which I think like what makes part of your business, Catherine, um, really appealing for your clients is that um, naturally you've created like, um, because it's group coaching, you've created um, a community of women that kind of understand that thinking. And um, something I really loved about being part of your group was um, how everyone celebrates each other so much and supports each other so much. And there's like no judgment, there's, there's maybe fears, but it's a kind of a safe place where you feel like you can overcome those fears and step out of what you would normally do in your personal circle. I was just going to ask, do you find that a lot of people say the same thing in your group? Oh, hugely, hugely. Mm-hmm. I think that there's a couple of factors that come into play. One is that you're with other, you're, it's a self-selecting group because you're with women who are all investing in themselves in a in a mm-hmm. in a big way. So they're taking a stand saying, I'm all in on more for me. And yeah. that's very different than just hanging out with your friends. Very different. <laughs> very different. Yeah. <laughs> and the other thing is is that that nobody knows you when you come into the group. As in, I mean you might come in because of someone you know, but what I mean is they're not using their experience of you and your past to assess anything to do with what you're up to right now. So you really can come in to the group and say things that you maybe feel like you couldn't say in your friend group. Or maybe Mm -hmm. if you have a, because we work with really big goals. So if you have a really big goal and then you were to say it to your friend, they might be like, oh, Kelsey, you tried this before. Like, you don't need to do that. Or like, and they start to bring up all of your fears and all the things that you might be like holding yourself back on. They kind of end up validating your limiting beliefs. But when you're in this group, they just say, go for it. You can do it. I believe in you. Absolutely. You have everything it takes. And so it it Mm -hmm. really buoys your belief system when you're marinating Mm -hmm. in a group like that. It makes a huge difference. Like you can take leaps and get results so much faster when you're surrounding yourself with people who are uh, living in that kind of way than when you're, when when you feel like as Shannon described alone at the top is Mm. that is not a motivated place to move from. No, (laughs) no, not at all. Yeah. Um, So you Mm. work, um, do you work exclusively with women? I do. Yeah. Just like you. And what, yeah, um, so I'm curious to hear what are your mm-hmm. reasons for choosing that path? Well, that's a really good question, actually. Um, I have a couple of reasons. One is that I think women are having very different conversations than men. Mm-hmm. And okay. having conversations about success is also really different for women. So, for example, mm-hmm. the brag that I just told you, it was a big deal to say out loud. And, mm-hmm. um, and I don't know that that's the case. I don't know if that's the case for men. I think that they would just be like, yeah. I'm balling, you know, like it's a totally yeah. different thing. But when a woman does that for some reason, she's not received the same way as a man is. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. 
women have different kinds of obstacles than men. And we mm -hmm. are women operating in a man's world. So mm -hmm. we're, we're we just by nature, I think, separating to have mindset conversations about what that means is really important. Um, it, it's not required to do this work in a, you don't have to separate by gender by any stretch of the imagination. But, mm -hmm. but I do with this group because uh, I really, I really have cultivated uh, an environment where women feel safe to say what's true. And um, I'm not sure that they would feel that way if it was mixed. And I think that you really can't override those limiting beliefs like I was talking about until you're free to be vulnerable and say what's true. So mm -hmm. that's that's so important. Um, it can be easy to just um, wash over, you know, negative emotions or pain or, you know, whatever it might be that is secretly holding you back on the subconscious level. It can be easy to just wash it over and throw on mm -hmm. some positive thinking and call that mindset. And that's just not <laughs> yeah. what changes your your life. And so I think mm -hmm. for women to feel no. safe, it had to be separate. Yeah, I can. Yeah, that makes so much sense, especially in my experience. I feel like the first few times that I um, spoke on these group calls on on Zoom, um, I don't think I would have gotten as much out of it had I not let my guard down yeah. and felt comfortable with everybody, even to the point where I was in tears, crying in front of everybody on the call. Yeah. And they're just holding space for me so beautifully. And mm -hmm. um, I can just feel the, the, um, the energy of, uh, they're, cheer, they're cheerleaders, you yeah. know? Like, how do you put that, mm -hmm. what, what would you say is the, the energy associated with being a cheerleader? Just really positive, Champions. encouraging. Yeah. And, um, and you, it's, it's all over their faces. They're just like, you can do this. And it's so sweet, it's so awesome. And it's like, it's um, shown me that it's actually safe and, and really, really positive when we can do that. Yeah, and the cool part about that is that once you do that, then people know you, and they don't know you, your ego, they know you, your heart. Mm -hmm. And so then when you do move through that and make moves that change your life, you're celebrated like till the cows come home because everybody knows mm -hmm. how you felt in your weakest moment. It's, it's so beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really amazing. Something that I wasn't expecting to happen when um, I did that was like the bonus yeah. of after the call, people like reach out to you individually in messages and they say like, I have this extra little bit of support I can offer or I just want to let you know I see you mm -hmm. and I'm you're not alone. Mm -hmm. Like just really encouraging things like that, that, um, that kind of helped me shed that limiting belief that if I make it to the top, I'll be there alone. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And that... Um, and that you're safe to be you and exactly, all of it. Yeah. Like it's all, it's all good. Mm -hmm. And then with the more you get comfortable doing that in a private environment, the more you can kind of test the boundaries outside of that environment too. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's exactly yeah, which, it. Which kind of gets fun at that point too, to kind of like take, take the, take what you've learned about yourself and uh, kind of what you've un like, like, un like opened up inside of the, safety of the community taking that out into your real world and then playing around with it and testing it out is um yeah and then coming back to fun. the group and being like this worked or this did yeah. not work <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> that happens a lot i tried that little thing and here's what happened i you know i tried to quit and i got offered a promotion <laughs> yeah <laughs> 
It's true. Yeah, I, yeah. I often describe it as the whole, all this work in general, I, I, I talk about it like this. It's the same as any muscle in your body. So you would take it to the gym and you exercise it and you exercise it and you exercise it within this container that feels safe and that you can show up in these ways that you're not comfortable with so far, bragging or crying, whichever. Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> both. <they're> both <laughs> the yeah. same moment. Simultaneously. <laughs> <laughs> And then, and then when you need those muscles, when the shit hits the fan and like life, like where you're like, now I'm really going for my goal. I'm really going for what I want. And I have to, it requires me putting myself out there in a way that I never could have seen myself do before. All those muscles have been strengthened. So then Mm -hmm. you can do it. You don't want to need those muscles when they haven't been strengthened. Yeah, that can get dangerous. Yeah, that's where we can collapse. We can risk an yeah. injury. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You wouldn't go to the Olympics without training. <laughs> exactly. I was just oh thinking that. It's, it's training. It really it's training. is training. You're, you're training your brain. Yeah. Yeah. It is thinking in a different way. Where can we tune into the Mindset Olympics? I kind of <laughs> it's my, my program. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. So there, I guess uh, at this point, if you're listening, there is no arguing that what Catherine does is extremely like layered and interesting. Yeah. Why do, can you tell us like how you discovered this and what made yes. you decide you wanted to get into it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, and maybe tell us what you were doing before too and like how you made the transition. And why One thing at a time. the transition. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so much and we want to know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, settle down, ladies. <laughs> well, I got into this the hard way. Meaning it was because of my need for this that mm. propelled me in this direction. So I had a burning desire to be a photographer when I was in high school and (laughs) and I couldn't let it go Mm -hmm. and I was told that you can't make money doing that as a living and heard that a couple times too (laughs) yep (laughs) and so remember we were talking about hanging out with your friends versus hanging out with like-minded people I was I was only surrounded with people who took a really conventional route And so I didn't know at the time that, I mean, you technically knew that there were other ways to do things. Like, it's not what you know with your conscious mind, it's what you feel. And and I, so I knew you could do other things, but I was surrounded with a reality that told me I had to be conventional and safe. And there were ways that you could do things and there were ways that you couldn't do things. And at that time I listened. So I went on to do conventional things, but I still really wanted to be a photographer and I felt like I couldn't do it. It felt like it wasn't available for me as an option, which Mm -hmm. is a really, if you've ever felt that way before about something that you want to do, it's really painful because Mm -hmm. what do you do with this dream? Mm -hmm. And I have always seen myself as someone who like hypothetically, I'm like, I don't want to look back on my life and and I want to and regret it. I want to look back on my life and be so proud of myself. So I'm thinking all those things, mm-hmm. but yet not doing anything towards the career that I wanted to have. So what that meant was I didn't get formal training. I didn't have, I didn't know anyone who was a photographer. I, like nothing supported this profession of being um, in my future. And so it took me a decade from like 18 to 28 of this agony um, and then I got to the point where 
I was like, okay, I'm 28 years old. This is the only time in my life that I think I can do this because I'm single. I, you know, I rent an apartment. I don't have a car. Like I really didn't pay for that much. Uh, I mean, what I paid for at that time was a lot, but I, I, I could take risks, I felt. And so mm-hmm. I decided to go for it. And um, I got a job at a photo lab so that I would be surrounding myself with other photographers So I kind of knew what I was doing and didn't know what I was doing with that whole surrounding yourself idea. Um, Mm. But what I did do was I started to be able to see what other professionals were putting out there. And I got to um, meet some people in the industry and work for them and, you know, second shoot for them or be their assistant Mm -hmm. or like carry their camera bags around and stuff. Mm -hmm. And so I started my own business and... I'd love for this to be like the end of the story where I could be like, and then I was amazing. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But that was just the beginning of the next layer of the pain, which was because I, so I went, so I took the actions to go for it, which is what people often do. They're like, I'm going to go for it. And then they take the, but I didn't have the mindset to support it. Uh So what that looked like in a freelancing world is I didn't know how to charge for my services. And because I was in a creative profession, it meant that I was intermixing by accident my personal worth with what people were thinking of their photos and what I was charging. Mm -hmm. So it was so Mm -hmm. connected to my self-esteem. Like if someone didn't love, they weren't over the moon with what I had done, I took it personally and I was like, I don't deserve to live. You know, like it was, you know, I didn't quite go that that dramatic, but you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> so I would be like nervous to sell. I didn't know how to sell. I didn't know how to share in a way that like left them feeling like this was the best decision that they ever made. I, I so I suffered f- through that time. Um, With that mindset, do you think your business could have made a million dollars in a year? <laughs> <laughs> no chance. I was excited <laughs> when I like crossed the six figures and that took mm-hmm. 12 years pretty much. Yeah. So it was a slog. It was a slog. Mm -hmm. So I started the the personal development journey on my own and I took some programs. I, you know, saw a therapist. I I read books. Um, And this was all with the intention of supporting your photography career and keeping it going? Yeah, well, I would say it was more to like just get, try to navigate the pain of the whole process. Because here I was like doing this thing I wanted to do, but I was like, um, uh, like suffering against my own backlash. Like it was like mm-hmm. I'd be doing something and then berating myself at the same time. Like that wasn't good enough, or like that didn't look like everybody else's stuff, or you know, mm-hmm. how are you? So I would start to do the math of what life was costing, and I was like, how will I ever? my big thing was like how am I ever going to move out of my apartment like I couldn't see how I'd ever earn enough with what I was doing and how I was doing it um so so it was it was it was painful so I wanted I took the courses to try to learn how to um how do you how do you I called it break the myth of the starving artist like how do you get out of that that loophole of um like the the inside chatter and I still Mm -hmm. didn't really have a lot like a lot of friends who did this work um so it was the the mindset work you mean yeah like yeah 
okay. who'd have ran their own businesses or, or um, that were sole proprietors or putting themselves out there in this way. Like even nowadays in 2021, it's so common. Mm-hmm. Like so many more people are doing this. But mm-hmm. at the time, it, it didn't feel like that. It felt like there were a handful of us in the city who, and, um, and, and I knew some people who, in the United States but who were really, really amazing. And, I, and then I would just look at those people and I'd be like, they're so amazing. I'll never be <laughs> like that. So it was just this big what did, loop. What did you uh, see those people that you thought were so amazing? Um, what did you see them as having that you didn't have? What's, what they had, what I saw that they had was so much confidence and in, in who they were. And then I also saw the confidence in their photos. So the pictures that I was seeing were photographs. So I did a lot of documentary photography. And what I saw in their photos was that they didn't respond to something in their pictures. They anticipated something in their pictures. So they put themselves in the position that that would have the photo stepping into them as opposed to them chasing the photo. And I... Mm-hmm know that that takes balls to do to take pictures like that requires a confidence where you'll do anything for the shot and and I I didn't have that and I wanted that so bad and in terms of like um like your income if you saw other photographers in the industry that were like success like financially successful but you felt like you couldn't get there was it again like related to the confidence again you didn't feel you were worth charging what they charge or yeah, so so, I didn't understand. Um, I mean, something you guys know we talk a lot about in the coaching programs. But I didn't understand how money works, and so mm-hmm. I would have the I'd have a price that I thought I could charge, which we know is based on our perception of our value, and I, so as a result of that cap, I didn't see myself being able to pass that price. So I so so then I would take that as fact. And then I use my logic and I'd be like, I'll have to shoot this many weddings a year in order for me to be able to ever, you know, hit this amount. Or I'm going to have to create some photo studio where I have like all these photographers working for me. And then I'm not going to be shooting anymore. I'm going to be a manager, but I don't want to be a manager. I want to be a photographer. So it would just go around and around and around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, where the other photographers, like we were talking about these, these really, really incredible ones they didn't cap their business prices. They understood, mm-hmm. like you don't you don't mess around when you hire me, mm-hmm. um, and it just actually increased their value and the desire factor because they were so sought after. Like they were, um, they were always full. You couldn't book them if you wanted to. It doesn't matter if you wanted to pay nine times the price. You they weren't available because they were mm-hmm. so highly sought after. Wow. Mm-hmm. So I did okay, end up. So- uh, like my, my career, um, I did become successful in, in my, um, perception of that at that time. And there were other photographers who I'd known for a number of years who started to look at what I was doing and they wanted to know how I did it. They, you know, how, how was my business taking off as it was and how was I, um, closing, like how did, so there's a, in, 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 weddings in particular there's a there's a certain kind of venue that 
is hard to break into. So this would be like the art galleries or the museums or the um, the 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 high-end weddings held at someone's cottage or mm. um, really fun weddings that usually have higher budgets. And they're highly coveted to get into that element of the industry because um, they're fun. People have, they have, they're, they're fun to shoot because it's so beautiful. Everyone, they have money to spend on making it really, yeah. really beautiful. Yeah. Um, and so I started to shoot weddings like that and people noticed. They're like, well, like, how do I move from the banquet hall into the art gallery of Ontario? How do you, how do you do that? So, um, I started helping other photographers and that was actually the beginning of, of um, unbeknownst to me, that was the beginning of my coaching. Okay. Okay. So at the point where you started helping other, other photographers, what was your, what were you doing in terms of like personal development work at that point? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, what was I doing? Um, like what got you to the, like, it seems like you recognized a shift in where you wanted to focus your attention. So what, what was it you were working on for your, like personally that like opened up your mind to that shift? Um, I was in, um, at that time in my business, I was really hanging out with open-minded people. So the, the conversations that I was having in my personal life were really expansive. So I was learning from a lot of other people who were already thinking this way. And that was just what we were talking about. So just like we were talking about in the beginning here, yeah, it was I was making friends that were just living a different way and it, mm. it bled into what I was doing. So what I, the way, and I also discovered I really loved selling. So I started to get much more creative about how I was presenting what I was offering to my clients and, um, and having a lot of fun in that. So instead of it, it, it my mindset changed from it, it being only about photography to being about the whole experience. And I started to learn about value and what I was really doing when I was helping my clients. Because mm. when I started, I thought it was about photography. And mm-hmm. then I started to discover it was actually about what I'm helping my clients feel. And so when I realized that, then I started to create experiences where they got to feel those things. So I was, I was completely driven by the idea of like helping people see how beautiful they are and um, okay. waking up like love and connection between two partners and, um, mm. that type of thing. So it almost was like the pictures started to become second. So the photography was just sort of like the medium you were using at the yeah. time yeah. to mm. hit that next level, like that deeper level with your clients. Yeah. So when I switched over into coaching, a lot of people would say to me, but, but why? Like, you're so good at photography. Why would you do that? You know, thinking it's like such a shame. And, and I really love to play around with the idea that like things don't have to be bad in order. I mean, I already had the experience of something being bad to create something and I didn't like it very much. And I love the idea that I can make a lateral move from something that I love and that I'm really good at to something else that I love that I'm really good at. And it actually is the same thing that I'm doing. It just was, I'm still helping people realize how beautiful they are. It's just now it's through a different medium. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny that um, that perception can be um, like you're you're giving it up 
or like your your career is ending to start something else when really it's just like part of the part of the journey like it was a stepping stone to get you there it's not like it was all for naught yeah it was actually a really important part to get you to where you were going next so it's like still super valuable whether you're moving past it or not it's not like yeah and remember in the beginning when I was saying that or in the beginning of my career when I was so so intertwined with my belief of my own personal value having to do with what I was doing I was associating myself so directly with my career like I am Mm. this so if if anything that I do is rejected I am rejected and so what was happening later was the, the difference is that I, I can make that move from photography to coaching because I'm not my career. Like I use nice. my career, but it, mm-hmm. but it is not me. So instead, when like you are maybe rejected, what's like the reframe of that? I mean, I, I, mean, I, <laughs> I could go deep on that one. If, a if loaded I, question. <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's actually one of the examples of like many, many layers on that. <laughs> Uh, so, well, one of the, the premises of, of neuro-linguistic programming, which I am a trainer in, is that we are not our behaviors. Okay. So even if I am rejected right now, I immediately think I'm not rejected. My behavior is being rejected. Okay. So then I can move to another layer of a dialogue or a conversation with that person about my behavior or, but, but it's like, I, I'm, I'm not rejected. The only person who can be rejecting me is really just me. Like mm-hmm. I'm only rejected if I agree. Okay. Does that make sense? I think so. Um, it's kind of like one yeah. of those things, like, um, when, when someone insults somebody, um, the example that my teacher loves to use is like, if I were to say to you, um, you know, you're a jerk and that hurts, it's because somewhere inside you feel like you're a jerk. But if I were to Mm -hmm. say to you, you're a green monkey, and you know without a shadow of a doubt that that's not true, you would be like, (laughs) no, I'm not. I'm not. (laughs) No, I'm not. (laughs) So that's the only difference is that you're agreeing with one and not the other. And if you agree with it, then you're kind of allowing yourself to be rejected. But if you're not agreeing with it, then you're taking control over that and not allowing yourself to be rejected, even though in their mind they might be rejecting you, and that's fine. That's a different thing. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you can say no to somebody without rejecting them. But rejecting, the reason I was saying it's, it's layered is because that's... Uh, re- the, the word rejecting in and of itself is an um, um, interpretation. I'm only perceiving that you're rejecting mm-hmm. me. Yeah, it's not a fact. It's not a fact. The fact is you said no. The interpretation Mm -hmm. is you're rejecting me. If you're wondering what's happening right now, it's eyes are staring off into the distance. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're just (laughs) taking a moment to sit with that. Lots of of very thought-provoking things uh, that Catherine says that we're like, oh, yes, okay, just processing that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We can can add in some um, spa music in the middle of the podcast. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And now we pause for reflection. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure the listeners would appreciate it too. <laughs> um, I don't want to digress too much from your uh, story, but mm-hmm. um, I was wondering if you could explain a little bit more about what NLP is. I can. 
Okay, excellent. <laughs> so, um, NLP is how we use the language of the mind to consistently achieve our specific and desired outcomes. So we all have programs that we run in our mind and we we have patterns of how we run them and things that we say to ourselves. And it's, it's, it's how that programming inside the mind creates the reality um, and experience of our lives on the outside. And the, the NLP stands for, for what again? Neuro, which is referring to the nervous system, which mm-hmm. is where we process our five senses. Okay. And then we have linguistic, which is the language in other like nonverbal communication systems where our mm-hmm. neural representations are coded, ordered, and given meaning, such as pictures, sounds, feelings, tastes, smells, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then the programming is the ability to discover and utilize those programs that we run um, in our neurological systems so that we can get desired outcomes. So we change the way that we're running the programs so that how we run in our lives changes. So um, to put it most clearly, I always say, Mm -hmm. we're not talking about why do I do what I do, but we say, how do I do what I do? Mm. How how am I doing this problem? Mm -hmm. Instead of why am I always doing this problem? Mm-hmm. I like that. It's like, uh, it sounds so much more like you're in control. Like Totally. So much more empowering. Like I, I actually have control over mm-hmm. the way I think. <laughs> right. And if you don't have an understanding and... of how, then you, you don't have control over it. So mm-hmm. like saying why, it's, why, like it almost sounds almost like a, you're victimizing judgment. yourself in a way or like you're making yourself seem totally powerless to it. Yeah. When it's not. Yeah. Nice. Why is this happening to me? Yeah, yeah, like you're the victim. Mm-hmm. It sounds like a judgment to me. And I, one thing that I've learned in your program, Catherine, is that we can't get the learning when we're in judgment. Yeah. So, <laughs> Amen, sister. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so asking it, just rephrasing it is, is so powerful. Mm-hmm. It's everything. So think about the power mm-hmm. of language. Just rephrasing how you just ask the question. One word yeah. change will change your one life. One word change. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really funny. I've Ooh. actually, since starting coaching, I've, I've been really noticing different things in my um, speech patterns and like things that I would organically go to and the word why I've noticed doesn't always come across well like doesn't sit well with people they they think they have to justify something or explain something to me Um, and I realize I'm like oh it's because like it's funny it it can cross that line of like seeming judgmental and if someone thinks that I'm being judgmental of them they're why would they share with me why would they open up to me so true that is so true mm-hmm. yeah and there's a lot of really so, fun linguistic things in nlp that can help crack the the thinking just like you're saying right now shannon like you can um like a great example one of my favorite examples is that you can say to somebody um if they say like i i can't i can't do that like my whole life i've tried and i can't do that and you just say okay, well, like, what would happen if you could? Mm-hmm. And like, but I can't, but if you could, like, well, if I could, I totally, you know, I would do this and that and this and that and this and that. And you're like, okay, great. So now all of a sudden they're thinking about things that they never gave themselves permission to think about before. So the, the language is, is, is everything. 
It's everything. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you ever just wish that every single person had access to this information? <laughs> I do. I do. I actually... I mean, I guess they all do. It's like whether or not they mm-hmm. go for it or not. <laughs> um. I actually run free masterclasses specifically for that reason because I don't right. want there to be a reason why someone can't learn it. Like, yeah. it's like, it's free. I don't have any, I mean, the other block, I guess, is time. But, mm-hmm. like, I can't do that part for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I do. I wish that everybody at least had access enough to decide whether they like it or not. Because what happens mm-hmm. is people decide you know, what their limits are before they've given themselves a chance to find out options. So we decide, this is why I can't have this. This is why this can't happen. They have so many reasons for why whatever they want is impossible. And you can always go back to that choice. It's always available. But like, what if you just gave yourself a chance to find out a little bit more and then make a choice again? And if you want to choose the old one, great. But now you have a choice for a new one too, if you want. And I wish everybody at the very least, opened up to the option. Whether they choose it or not, I, I don't think matters as much. But yeah, you never know, like um, someone just having the awareness of the option, whether they choose it or not, then it might sit with them, you know, and like later on in their life, something will spark it. Like, um, you never know how it resonates with people. Um, even just like a slight introduction to it. Well, it's and, like, interesting. Open up a little. It's true. And uh, one thing I have learned that I think is really, really important is that we open up to different ideas at different times in our lives. And you asked about where, what I was doing, what I was learning during the time that I was, um, you know, changing in my photography career. The truth is I was given a a number of books that we study in my coaching program. I was given (laughs) them way earlier in my career. Like someone left for me, um, Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich, (laughs) in my bike basket as a gift to help me. And I was not available to that at that time, and I threw it in the trash. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I thought it was hogwash. So I also feel like, (laughs) yes to everyone. I wish everyone learns it, but I, I wish that everyone learned it at some point when they're ready. And mm. I, I, I wasn't ready. So I also mm. really honor where people are at. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's, um, that's a huge part of it. Oh my God. And even ready. my master classes, people join Thinking Into Results, the program that I run. They, they'll join and be like, I've been to all of your master classes for the last two years. I'm ready. <laughs> like, no ready joke. Now. now I'm ready. Yeah. I'm like, okay. Yeah. But sometimes it takes people that long. When did you discover thinking into results? Well, when I moved in formally into coaching, so I got trained in neurolinguistic programming, and basically that was the beginning of the rabbit hole for me on, on my growth trajectory. And um, I hired a coach to teach me how to move from one career into another. And so she, she helped me do all the things that we do in my coaching program, like do something in advance of when you're ready. So I think I hired her in June and she had me put in my calendar my first workshop. 
And so I was for November. And so I worked mm-hmm. towards that first workshop. And, uh, and then I, um, took those uh, attendees and they all became private clients. So then I had a whole bunch of private clients. Meanwhile, the coach that I hired had gone on to run a group program. And what I was noticing in my one-on-one with my one-on-one clients is that first of all, they were these fantastic women mm-hmm. asking these questions that they thought that they were the only ones suffering from these problems. And they were all asking the same questions. So I'm like, oh my God, these are the most incredible women. They need to know each other and they need to know they're not alone. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, and with that business model, I was only able to take so many clients at a time because we only have so many hours in the day. So mm-hmm. I rehired that coach to see if I liked the group coaching model and I loved it. And so she was running a program called Thinking Into Results that was created by Bob Proctor. And I watched one of his live, um, like he used to do seminars, and I watched one of them and I was like, oh, this is the same as NLP, but um, it's kind of not dumbed down, but simplified, where NLP can get really complicated. It's it's uh, and technical. And technical, where yeah. Bob was making it available Every for everyone at any stage. Everyday language, yes. yeah. And so I was <laughs> I like, this is Bob. amazing for that mm-hmm. reason. I liked that he made it easy because what can happen is people can get so involved intellectually with ideas and it doesn't change mm-hmm. anything in your life. Mm-hmm. You need to, to, to actually apply what you're learning. And, and he had techniques for doing that. So I think I was in her program for three months and I signed up to be a consultant. And then I started running my first group like a month later. Amazing. Yeah. Wow. And look at you now. I know. How many, how many women do what, you have in your group now? Well, I started in 2017 with 18. Mm-hmm. Um, and now there's about 120. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Really? That's wow. so amazing. But oh my gosh. the cool thing is, is that the number of people might sound like it's high, but it's very intimate. So we have like... Um, study groups three times a week where you would go and you do your your uh, we have a, like a morning routine but you go and you do that with each other on zoom and you get to know each other in small groups people have masterminds they have accountability partners there's like the hot seat coaching on the calls and stuff so people and there's so much intimacy in the facebook group so people like really know each other and so mm-hmm. like and you also are helping people that you have no idea that you're helping that happens all the time someone like mm-hmm. shannon will do a share let's say the one you were talking about where you, you cried mm-hmm. and then someone else the one what do you which one <laughs> and then someone else will come up and be like i did this thing because shannon did, and we've never yeah, even seen yeah. that person ever talk and they're like i've never talked before but here i am you know? <laughs> It's it's amazing. I love that about it. Yeah, it's like the the idea of being vulnerable can feel really scary, but um, you never know no. who it's gonna sit with in a mm-hmm. way you maybe totally would never have expected. Yeah, it's so important to be able to just share, which kind of goes back to mm-hmm. even like the brag spotlight or the wins. Exactly. You know, like mm-hmm. when you share that, you inspire other people, and so we yeah. need that. Totally. And this, this reminds me actually of the conversation that we had at your place a couple of years ago before you moved when we were talking about 
your current goals for your business when we were kind of onboarding you as one of our clients. And I remember at the time your goal was um, around 100 people uh, or to have 100 people, not around. We're get, we get really specific with our goals. So 100 <laughs> people was your goal. <laughs> and um, I had so much respect for you for um, being transparent about the fact that um, it would never be at the cost of losing the intimacy. That's right. I don't know if you remember that, but you. I still believe I, there was that. one point where you're like, you're, yeah, I, I see that in, in what you're saying. And um, and I love that. It's, it's To me, it seems like that'll be a priority for you as well as helping as many people as you can or as many women as you can um, yeah. with this stuff. So I think that's really interesting. And it's really, honestly, very fascinating to observe um, from the sidelines as well, mm-hmm. because like... With, with someone who has a knowledge base like you, I wouldn't want there to be a cap on the amount of people that you can reach. Mm-hmm. But I, I also have an understanding that you're a human being and there's limitations, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. Well, here's That's the actually, thing that, oh, go ahead. Um, I was just gonna sort of piggyback on that just really quick um, is uh, something that was really valuable that I learned and I'm sure most of your clients have learned in your program is um, when you make a goal, um, you cannot get caught up with the how it's going to happen. So like for you to say, like, I want to set a goal to have a hundred clients, um, thinking like, well, I can't have a hundred clients without losing the intimacy of the group would totally, um, disconnect you from the goal, but you set the goal and you believed that you could still, I'm I'm assuming you believed that the intimacy could still exist. And then it, it formed itself in ways that maybe you couldn't have imagined when you set the goal. Is that kind of how it played out? That's exactly right. And, you know, at the beginning and you know, I thought I couldn't have more than 30 people or the intimacy would be, you know, it was all, it was, <laughs> it's always based on, on our thinking at the time. So one of the, the, like, well, first of all, I'll say that everything that I talk about with my clients, I also do. So I, I, my, one of the other promises I always make is I'll never ask you to do something that, that I don't do. And a huge, huge part of the work is understanding truly that every, Everyone, every company, let's say, is limited by its leader, and the, the it's it's my job to be expanding my thinking to support in advance what it is that I want to be creating. It's absolutely one of the most important tenets of the whole program. So, what you guys are describing is me knowing who I am, and me knowing wh- why what I'm here to do and not compromising on my personal integrity of what that looks like. Because it can be easy to get confused with, distracted I should say, by form. So if you see some other coach, for example, who has uh, like a thousand active clients, and I I know coaches like this all the time, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. they love it, which is great. So for them it's congruent. For me, when I think about what it is that I love specifically about my clients, I love knowing everybody. I want to know you. I want to know what you're up to. I love the hot seat coaching that we have together. I love um, really just holding space for you and and helping you. And so it's just my own chosen um, number 
that I don't want to compromise. It's really just for me because I don't want to create something that I don't want to be in. Like it's, it's a lot of people who re- love to tell me what I should do with the business and how I should pre-record everything and just have it be an evergreen thing that you could just sell. And then and, and I'm like, that isn't what I'm here for. This is a this yeah. is a people um, place. This is not, a, you know, this is not just a business for me. It's my life, and it so mm-hmm. it's my like we talked about before. It's like my expression of me and it can be easy for people to confuse those things and just do the, go for the form and not the, the function. Mm-hmm. So I love that you remember that. I feel, I'm really touched by that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I thought it was really cool. And I, um, it, I think it opened up things for me too. And like, um, in think it, it kind of reminds me sort of, of the, you know, we were talking about the people telling you, you couldn't make money in photography. And mm-hmm. I really had this thing where I was like, if I do something that I love, I'm, I just have to accept that I'm not going to make very much money doing yes. it. Yes. Mm-hmm. But then I just, I just uh, decided to believe both were possible. Yes. I could do what I love and have, um, and have a really nice abundant income. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like you did the same with this. You're like, I decide that I'm going to have my hundred people and it's going to remain intimate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it's also what happens is that what in this kind of growth, which you guys are such great examples of, it sparks new ideas for innovation. So mm-hmm. the version of you, of me that told you that a couple of years ago, isn't the same version that's talking to you now. Like I have all mm-hmm. other, all kinds of other things that I offer as forms of intimacy that came yeah. because of that value. So I'm like, that's like mm-hmm. that personal value. I mean, mm-hmm. so, um, like Shannon, you're in a mastermind with me. That's a, oh, there's only what 16 of us, right? So it's yep. like that's a that came out of this the exact same quest for um, wanting to continue to create. So the the irony is is that you can when you do what you love and you're compensated, then you have so much more energy and ability to innovate and try new things and and create from the place of abundance as opposed to trading or lack, or mm-hmm. like, I have to do this in order to X. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's from the other side of the scale, mm-hmm. which you guys are such amazing examples of. Like, you're just creating on top of creating, on top of creating, on top of creating. <laughs> yeah, well, it's like, it, it, it doesn't just like happen by accident, you know, like we're the same way we, we are very intentional about what we're doing. We're very connected to our values and and when we set a new goal for ourselves, it's, it's, it's interesting to see how new ideas suddenly are just popping out of thin air. And it's like, it's not a coincidence. It's like mm-hmm. that part of it, we opened up a part of our brain that was allowing us to see things differently because we connected ourselves yeah. to the goal and the values. That's it. A hundred percent. It, they were focus on the how too much, it's, how it's going to happen. On the how. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah. Like I think Shannon and I, I think we both were, had been asked recently, someone asking like, how do you even scale a business like that? Like what we have. And I just remember thinking like, I don't know. I don't need to know right now. You set the, <laughs> set the goal. <laughs> yeah. You know, the goal. <laughs> yeah. I'll let you know when I figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, if I think about my study groups that I was telling you about, that wouldn't have been an idea that I had if I was only thinking in the range of, uh, you know, what I thought I could get or, or, uh, scarcity thinking or like worry. I, when you, when you're in the kind of 
energy that we're talking about, it starts to become like, how can I service my clients better? How can I do more? How can I make them feel blah, 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 blah. How can I? And it's totally from creation, which you Mm -hmm. just, you can't, you, you can't think that way. It doesn't mean that those answers aren't there, but they're not available for your thinking when you're in a, in a limited, uh, mindset, which is why this work actually is so important to do if you want to be um, evolving in a bountiful, enjoyable kind of a way. I wish we had time for you to just like summarize all the lessons or like go through the lessons and <laughs> give like a brief detail. But there's there's just it would just take forever. But <laughs> what's your what's your favorite <laughs> lesson? <laughs> or which one are you which one are you working on right now? <laughs> I think that my favorite lesson, and I say this about all the lessons because they're all my favorite for different reasons. Mm-hmm. But one of my favorite lessons is lesson eight, um, which is about your beliefs. And one of the reasons why I love it so much is that I think that it can make the biggest difference in someone's life. And it's, the, it's one of the ones that it doesn't click until it clicks. And then when it clicks, mm-hmm. you're like, oh my God, this is what this means. And what we what we cover in the lesson, is, are you laughing because it's true? <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm just like, thinking of that time where it clicked. Yeah, <laughs> yeah totally. Uh, it's this idea of w- w- that, um, that you're lining up your thoughts and your feelings and your behaviors. So this sounds, well, one of the things that we, talk about a lot which I think is important to just mention is that mindset work is not about what you know so all of us we listen to podcasts we read books I mean you know you got listeners right now might be listening be like yep 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 I know that yep yep um but the difference is is about how it's actually being put into play in your life not what you know which is one of the most frustrating things because someone's like I know I should be going to the gym but I'm not or I know I should be you know, doing such and such a thing, but I'm not. And so people get really frustrated. And when you understand praxis, which is what we call it, which is when your thoughts and your feelings and your actions are aligned, it means that it's all congruent inside of you. What you are feeling about whatever is going on and what you're thinking about whatever's going on are aligned. And so the actions that you're taking are also aligned. And it's a beautiful, beautiful feeling when you're like, oh, I'm not wishing for something over there and uh, actually feeling negatively about it. So what, what, let's say, for example, someone's saying mantras to themselves and they're saying, or affirmations, and they're saying it over and over and over again with their words, but what they feel mm-hmm. is the opposite. I love myself, I love myself, I love myself, I love myself. And then inside you're like, I don't know, this is the worst, I suck, I'm the worst. Like, that is not this. And so when you understand this process and you learn how to actually bring them together, I think that you open up a tunnel funnel for energy and and results that you, that's really where the the rush comes in of, of um, effectiveness. And then you just kind of take off from from there and you can start to identify in your life like oh the problem the problem that's really going on right now is actually that I'm not aligned in these three areas so it's I think it's actually 
like profound that lesson because we mm -hmm. always are saying like what you believe is true and what that means is not just what you think but what you believe in your subconscious like what you are emotionally involved in is true for you mm -hmm. and as long as that's the case it's going to be reinforced and so there are ways to change that so that you believe and integrate that belief on all planes of your life, like your conscious, subconscious, emotional, spiritual, physical. That feels really good. Oh my gosh. I think that's like one of the, the biggest takeaways that I have had was like, uh, you are in control of your beliefs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and like, why do you believe what you believe? So this yeah. this is a time for a why question to be a good one, right? Because yeah. you're like, <laughs> yeah. you're looking at, let's say, how you feel about money, which is a huge block for people. And since, you know, you're talking to entrepreneurs, like so many people have this as a huge block. And then we, but it's worth the exploration to be like, wait a minute, is this belief even mine? Mm -hmm. Like, am I carrying my ancestors beliefs right now or like just my parents like who says that this is the way that this is and as soon mm -hmm. as you can break open your beliefs you have opportunity for like you were saying before kelsey like new choices mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i've heard this being referred to as the golden thread like you ask yourself why this and then why 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 did that why and then you kind of just keep going down this golden thread until you find the root and you get the answer and you can really start to make impactful decisions and change things that you want to change um, with all that kind of awareness coming to the surface because you've done the work in getting to the bottom of it. That's right. If you, as long as the, it's viewed from a neutral place where you're not personalizing mm -hmm. it to be like, and mm -hmm. that's why I'll always be a failure. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Like, yeah, you gotta be careful with it. Yeah. Gotta, know, gotta know what you're doing. You can <laughs> identify where it came from, or you can even just go to the place of, oh, I don't have to believe this. I can, mm -hmm. I can decide for myself, and I can mm -hmm. give myself permission to believe something new. Because mm -hmm. we don't realize most of the time we're running programming. Like ninety-nine percent of us is always being run by habitual behavior and it, habitual thinking it's not even ours we just mm -hmm. are like these little machines so this kind of exploration helps wake up to at least give us a choice to be like mm, am i going to carry that one still so like shannon to your point of like oh you know what i can enjoy my life and be abundant okay like i can choose that as a belief if i want to i can believe mm -hmm. that the more i enjoy my life the more money i earn i can believe mm -hmm. that um it's around the corner where there's a wait list of people waiting to work with me. I can believe those mm -hmm. are, those are our, that's, that's what free will really is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think like, again, going back to the idea that these are muscles that we train, that's like right. all of this stuff, all of this stuff we talked about takes practice, um, and repetition. <laughs> and it and, takes risks. Like it takes, yeah. um, you know, to Shannon's point about being lonely at the top and and our mm -hmm. talking about the community component, mm -hmm. it makes a huge difference to to surround yourself with people who are daring to think independently because mm -hmm. so many people agree on making money is hard. It doesn't grow on trees. Like you have to mm -hmm. hustle. You have to work really hard. Those are common 
widely, mm-hmm. widely held and reinforced beliefs. So if you're going to be so audacious as to believe something else, it sure would help to surround yourself with someone else equally as audacious so that you can strengthen the belief by having it be you know, held by more people. And then mm-hmm. slowly mm-hmm. but surely, I believe, that that new belief will become the new status quo. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. and I think that that's what's happening with, um, you know, why there are so many entrepreneurs right now is that it's, the belief is shifting and it's starting to mm-hmm. appear easier to live this way. Mm-hmm. You know, even me yeah. telling you what my big brag is, like, it's not even that big of a deal. Like, I know <laughs> so many people who have made millions of dollars. It's not, it, it's, it used to be such a huge amount of money and now it's, it's mm-hmm. actually quite common. So, Mm -hmm. and I'm not undermining my achievement because for me it was my first time, Um, Mm -hmm. but it isn't actually that common. So you want to be always moving it in a way that you feel like you understand that what feels fragile and weak when you first go to the the Olympics, the Olympic gym, um, you start to strengthen that muscle and then it becomes normal. Mm -hmm. We're just ahead of the curve, that's all. Yeah, because <laughs> you're changing yes. your habits, right? And like that's that takes it takes time and it takes practice. Yeah. Do do you um, do you study this stuff in some capacity every day? And do you imagine you will, if you do every day, do you imagine you will like for the rest of your life? I absolutely will always be investing in myself and always studying something. Always, always, always. Um, because I say that I never ask you to do something that I wouldn't do, I also invest in programs and coaches. And mm-hmm. um, uh, I'm always wanting to learn from new teachers. And, um, you know, I that's why I might be running Bob Proctor's Thinking into Results program. But I bring in, I mean, three quarters of the time, we're not, <laughs> we're not even talking about the program. So we're bringing in <laughs> so many other um we just have taken it so much further in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. So um, I will absolutely be doing this for the rest of my life. I, I am a very strong believer, like I said, that we are always our own limit. And so like, I'm excited to f- discover, like, I don't know, what's, ne- what's next? Like, what are we going to, we're going to look back on this podcast and be like, oh my gosh, remember when Catherine was talking about that? <laughs> And I think that that only comes through this kind of work. I really do. Mm -hmm. It's it's so easy to flatline and just that Mm -hmm. you normalize to a new place. And then that just becomes where you stick. And that's just not the life I want. Mm -mm. Yeah. How about you guys? Are you going to keep studying for the rest of your lives? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm committed to that. I think even like I've taken little breaks from being in your program and I always had my thinking results book on my desk still and would flip 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 it open whenever I needed some just needed an answer from myself. I didn't want to hear I didn't need it from somebody else. I was like, I know I know I I have this inside me. I just have to take a moment, flip to the lesson that I think is going to help and do it. And um, sure enough, it always helps. But the reason I joined back again was because the community you were talking about like talking back about uh, praxis and being in belief, I the people that I spent time with, a lot of them were photographers. A lot of them did adopt the belief that um, photography is kind of a starving artist. Um, like it's you, you can't have both uh, doing something that you love and earning a lot of money. And one of the women in um, in 
your mindset group was uh, brave enough to express that her monthly goal for her business was $50,000. And when she said that, I like that, I actually felt a little uncomfortable. I was like, how, like, who does she think she is? You know, like, um, that's a lot of money, you know, like judgment, lots of judgment. And then I did the work. I went and journaled. And then I was like, well, what if I made $50,000 in my business? Who does she think and, she is? Yeah. <laughs> you know? How does that feel? And, and, the, and, uh, and then I just started visualizing that and really enjoying the, the like using my imagination to make that the, um, my reality, you know, like, um, not that I'm necessarily there yet, but it's like, I, I wouldn't write it off. Like I would totally consider that as a, as a valid goal to have as a photographer. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it just becomes a fact where you're just like, it's just a matter of time. Like that's on, this is happening. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. It's in the process of happening right now. Yeah. As we speak. It's on its way to me. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I definitely, um, to your point about the program, um, one of the other values that, that I run the whole business with is that it, it isn't about me and you don't need me. So I love what you're describing there where you, when you left and you had the book and you had like the whole point of this work is for you to discover how to access your own answers. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah, it's you did that and then I love you that you come back for choice of like this is who I want to be around is um mm-hmm. is, is everything it's, it's so not about need is it compared to the first time you signed up no but no not really it's yeah I felt like I needed it the first time I signed up and the second time was just oh I really want to be here and I still do so I, I still enroll I still um sign up and and I think the reason why I would why I think I'm going to continue with this is because flexing that muscle is um, a lot more fun and a lot more um, enjoyable to do when you're kind of in the habit of it. Mm-hmm. And I, I find staying in the group or being, um, or studying this this stuff helps me keep that habit strong. And then I can discover all these new, be- or you know, create all these new beliefs for myself and continue to grow at a much more rapid pace than I think I would have been able to um, without. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my gosh, time definitely collapses. What about you, Kelsey? Are you going to keep studying it? Um, yeah, for me, I mean, I think like for me, joining the program was like my first foray into this sort of work. And um, it it really is like the, the foundation in my mind for like expanding my awareness from other resources. So um Although I'm, I don't study like TIR as in itself, like necessarily every day, there are like other streams of that sort of learning that come from different sources that, um, yeah, that I think will always be part of my world. And um, I think just by nature, I'm like, so not about status quo. Like I'm like, what's next, what's next, what's next? Well, so. you also still, um, I saw a post today that you were meeting with your mastermind and those were all clients mm-hmm. that you met the clients of mine that you met in the program that you're still masterminding with. Mm-hmm. So yep. in a lot of ways, I'm still I still w- connected to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm still connected to you. Oh yeah. We've been working <laughs> with you, <laughs> which has been awesome. Yeah. And if you yeah. guys hadn't done this work to build the business that you have built, that's so incredible. Um, I wouldn't have been able to hire you. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> so yeah, thanks for that. <laughs> you can have yourself to thank for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. manifested you guys. <laughs> so you can hire us. <laughs> that was your plan all along, wasn't it? <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, um, I feel like we could talk about this like for hours and hours and hours, mm-hmm. <laughs> but maybe we'll wrap it up. And I think like one of my favorite questions to ask at the end of the conversation is like, what's next? You've hit a million dollars in your business. You've got 120 clients, 120 what, clients, what, what more could beautiful, intimate community of women <laughs> that inspire each other every day. Yeah. Um, where do you go from there? Well, um, I am evolving the business itself, actually. So I'm very excited about, I was mentioning to you that I'm um, adding more and more and more into the, um, into the program that is from other places and from my own experience and from my own integration of what I'm doing. And so now I'm adding short, I call them sprints, like mini programs throughout the year that allow us to deep dive into areas that we just don't have as much time to go through when we're in the the muscle exercising (laughs) that we were calling it so there's the like Mm -hmm. program fundamentals and then these are in addition to that so i'm having a lot of fun creating those from so this goes back to that question of like what else can i do like yeah mm -hmm. um so that's what the next 12 months is really all about this year of just like adding more um, for my current clients and for people who want a shorter stint at something. Maybe they're not quite ready for a six month or year long program and they just want to see what it's all about. They can go to a shorter program and um, enjoy that. (laughs) That's amazing. And you know that uh, once they do that shorter program (laughs) there, they're going to want more. (laughs) I, I, I can't solve that problem. <laughs> oh my gosh. But it's fun because it's not based on anything f- formal. Uh, it's going to be a mishmash of all the things that I've learned and integrated. So they're going to be really powerful. So this is just me kind of like you guys adding on a podcast, adding on. Mm-hmm. I'm just doing it from the place of enjoyment and like, what do I want to expand into? And that just feels fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And making it easy for for people to access this information, like we were talking yeah. about before, like it's it's free. Come get it. Like yeah, I don't want, yeah, it's for everyone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, there's like coming. free programs. There's going to be um, um, like smaller investment programs, and then there's longer ones for people who know, like, mm-hmm. yep, I'm in for the, like my I'm committing myself to this. It's a different kind of person at a different time in their lives. So. Um, but I don't want other people to lose out just because they're not ready for a long commitment. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. That's wow. so cool that you can yeah. cater to that. People, different people's different places of readiness. That's right. Basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Love that. I'm looking forward yeah. to it. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like it's coming from your purpose of like you mm-hmm. know, helping people. So. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's been, uh, exciting, really exciting to plan. Yeah. Oh, it's mm-hmm. so fun designing things for your business, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> yeah, you know all about that. It's so much fun. I love it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Amazing. Well, thank you 
Catherine, for yeah, joining thank us. Thank you so much. Thank yeah. you. I feel like we've been we've been building up to this conversation, and um, I really I don't I don't know if there's been a guest that hasn't mentioned you or. <laughs> so you know, I love it. It's we've been so working great. towards this. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, thank you for inspiring us, inspiring all of them, mm-hmm. and um, for sharing your story. My pleasure, yes. and thank you for creating a space that I could uh, be vulnerable myself. You're so welcome. (laughs) I honestly don't know if we would have been able to do that um, as well as we could have, or as well as we do, I guess, without your example. So Mm -hmm. it's been really great to have you as a role model and a mentor and a teacher. Mm -hmm. And we're so grateful that um, we've had you in that. We've we've gotten to experience you in that context, but also gotten to experience you as a, a client of ours. It's been such an amazing exchange and one we hope continues for a long time. Oh, yeah. I absolutely love it. And... (laughs) Um, I can see so much of what we did together in the coaching program. I can see how you utilize that in your work and the way that you show up on the days that you, um, like from the moment that you show up at my place and the way that you help me feel like I'm in good hands and all of that stuff has it's everything to do with the energy that you bring to the day. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm so happy for your success because... Um, it's again like I was saying before it's about the pictures but it's also about so much more than the pictures mm-hmm. yes now one last quick question would you say that you hitting your goal of 100 clients or more was all because of the photos and video we created <laughs> <laughs> I mean <laughs> it was the picture of me with the dog <laughs> people love that picture I, it, it, I would say it has helped absolutely because the photos and videos that you have taken and this is true are eye-catching so if someone is scrolling and they're like yep 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 and they're like oh now what's going on over here no it's true there are certain photos and videos that are, are stop you in your tracks. And, um, and it's stop you in your scrolling tracks. So mm. I, I, like, I know you said that as a, like a joke, but I actually believe it's true. It's true because it's the energy that comes through the photos and videos is what people respond to first. It's not the words, it's what they feel. Mm. And you communicate that so well that they feel it when they're like, ooh, who is this? What do, what do I have to see what they have to say? Totally. I love hearing that it sparks people's curiosities. I was yes. really hoping for that. That's what we've been we've been trying to do. That's the correct <laughs> this whole time. Yes. <laughs> you do it well. And I know because you work with so many of my clients, I know when I'm scrolling, I know immediately when it's work that you guys have done. Which I also think is really cool. Like I'll be like scroll, scroll, and then I'll be the one who goes, Hey now. And I'm like, Of course. Found her. There they are. So, like so the energy of you guys is I can feel that from a mile away it's like it's its own filter truly oh that's so sweet thank you for saying thank you yes (laughs) one other thing I've learned from you is to receive compliments yes (laughs) (laughs) so thank you for that compliment you're welcome (laughs) thank you for letting me say it publicly to anyone who will listen yeah. <laughs> if you've made it this far <laughs> yeah congratulations yeah. after the bazillion thank you we always end like this we just can't stop thanking each other no thank you no, no. Oh, no you. Oh, i love it you hang up first <laughs> no i love you <laughs> i love
love you more. <laughs> oh, oh, thanks gosh. so much for this. And um, I look forward to uh, hearing what comes from it. All right. Thank you, everyone. We'll catch you on the next one. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. <laughs>